What is up with it, Golden Gamers? We are back at it again with another episode of Radio Melee. I'm going to be your host for today, PPMD. Toph, unfortunately, is not going to be joining us for the first time in Radio Melee history. He is still out in Singapore visiting his family for his grandmother's 90th birthday. Wishing you well out there, Toph. But we still have two other voices to bless your microphones and your earphones with today. First, we have uh, you know, a very prominent New York T.O., uh, Ryobeat, how's it going today, man? Pretty, pretty tired. I, I brought in Pipsqueak last night, and then I worked 9 to 5, and then on the bus here, I'm, like, texting people, like, yeah, you can spectate function, and this is how much it is, and oh, yeah, this is gonna be the stream, and then, like, immediately, I get a Red Bull, and then here I am. I, like, just got home, like, 15 minutes ago, so well, I'm, I'm moving. You're moving and you're grooving, man. Hey, I know it's a busy time for a TO, so thank you so much for, for, uh, joining us, so we're gonna talk to you about that in a minute. But we've also got to make sure we have someone else here that's comfortable. A man, I think, who needs very little introduction at this point. The taunter, the calculated Fox player, Aklo. What's up, man? How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be on here. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, uh, it's been a long day, but I still got some energy left in me. So, All right. Well, I think you got enough left for this show. I think you're going to make it, man. We got some good questions. We got some people already rolling through to ask you guys stuff. But before I tell them how to get in and everything, you know, I kind of wanted to ask you guys. I, there was a big New York event coming up this weekend that I just kind of, we kind of alluded to, Ryobi working really hard on it called Function 2. And I kind of wanted to know what that event meant to both of you and kind of what it means to New York as a whole, especially in the the era we're in right now between quarantine and all that other stuff. Uh, maybe Ryobi, you can speak to that first. Sure. Um, so the function, uh, well, first of all, the, just based on like how stacked this event is in terms of depth, and um, if you've looked at the Smash EG page, not only is it at 200 entrants, there's also 100 on the wait list, and tons of people asking me to spectate. Like, it's definitely easy to say that it's like blown out proportions in a bunch of different ways, and in a lot of ways, I didn't even expect. Like, I'm a little worried. I'm like, I hope everyone's okay if it's like you know a little cramped because I didn't expect. I thought it was just going to be a regional. Like, the last one was just, like, you know, like, a couple of tri-state PR members in the top eight, and we had a good time. It was just kind of a local thing. But now it's just, like, I've gotten some messages, like, oh, I, I really, are you sure I can't spectate? I'm like, mm. people want to spectate this? Like, this is just our little monthly. You did um, this. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. So I think for a lot of people, at least in tri-state, it just feels like for the first time we have a big event. And I, I think mm. not a lot of people know this, that – Biggest New York event of all time is not that big. It was actually Zenith 2014 at 280 entrants. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mo most other states, they, you know, they've had their own little major, but New York venue prices are just so expensive. We right. haven't had that, um, even though we kind of have the need and the want. So this is the first time we've had a space that kind of accommodates it, and it shows that, like, Tri-State's kind of really looking for, like, a big event like this. So right now I would say it's just, like, meeting a need that hasn't been filled for, like, a really long time in New York City. Yeah, and I imagine a lot of people in New York are really hype right now. Players like Aklo doing great. Of course, we have Cody holding it down. But I mean, J-Mook, the, the mm. sensation coming off of Genesis, said it's going to be his next tournament. I mean, how, how much has that played into it? I mean, if it, if it, if it has at all. Um, I think it, I think, like, honestly, J-Mook doing well at Genesis, like, kind of was the icing on the cake in terms of narratives. Because I think there's, like, a really cool way that you could spin like uh Aklo, Mook, and Cody, which is like Cody's like, you know, the big national guy. Like everyone knows him on the big scale at the biggest events of all time. 
Paclo is kind of like the hometown hero right now because he hasn't lost a New York event since, uh, like, since events came back, basically. And that's over, like, IBDW and all of our best players, Rishi, that type of thing. And then Mook is, like, the wild card, where it's just, like, he's only entered a few tournaments, but when he does, he pops off. And all of those people are from New York with, like, very different narratives, styles, and, like, you know, perceptions in the community. So I feel like this tournament's going to be, like, a big answer to, like, which one of those which one of those narratives kind of prevail against. And then there's the competitors, you know, from the outside region too. So we have a lot to prove. Yeah. So I think that leads it over perfectly to Aklo. Um, You, what you, your farm in New York, man, but now you've got New York plus everyone else. How you feeling? What does, what does this tournament mean to you going into it, man? So it means a few things. So first um, there's a little bit of pressure to, we got to stop the non New Yorkers from getting close to winning this, you know? Um, if then, you have like two new ta- two non New Yorkers in the finals, that's going to be tough, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we, a New Yorker's got to win this event. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then for me personally, uh, I actually won the function one. Ooh. Um, that that's my my black trophy over there. I don't know if you can see it on top of the bookshelf, but um, nice. So I really, really want to take the function two, obviously, and keep it going, and um. Like Nico said, like Ryobi said, um, so there's IBDW, there's JMOOC, um, and it is kind of like, who's like going to be, I think Ryobi tweeted like the other week, like who's going to be crowned the king of New York? It's kind of like that right now. Mm. So, yeah, th- those are the main things in my head. And also for me, um, it is like a big chance to prove myself because I think some people are like, a lot of people are like debating my ranking right now. I recently um, just been like up up in the air about it. People have been up in the air about it, so I think it'd be a good like opportunity for me. Sure. And where do you feel that? Where do you feel you you rank right now? And you know, and how much consensus is there? And everything like that around it. So I think most people rank me around like top fifteen. But there are some people, and obviously, like I agree with this because I'm biased, of course. But there are some people who rank me like top ten, and like. A lot of people rank me like borderline top ten. So I would rank myself on like the lower end of top ten. Right. So maybe ninth or tenth is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, well, you don't have to, but given this is a this is a public show, you know. So who who are those four or five people that you're saying you're over that the other people aren't saying you're over? Do you want to start any beef going into Function Two, Aklo? Uh, I, I would need to see the list a little bit. Uh huh. Well. You know, as a TO, I know I have one question. Are you are you better than Moki? Ooh. Mm. I think that's the I think that's the big one, the two Fox hot shots, you know. Yeah, maybe. So like I beat Moki the last time we played, but it was online and I know he he wasn't having the best tournament that day. But um I think I think if I do better than the function, it's fair to say that I'm better than Moki. Okay, well, Moki, if you're seeing this, um, Aklo said it, not me. Um, oh God! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is this is good stuff. We're we're going into a big event. I think this is going to set a lot of narratives. I think this is you know going to put New York on the map. Function three win. I'll be the first to say it. Um, mm. and yeah. So while we're thinking about that, um, anyone who has other questions that they want to ask about Function two or otherwise, at, talking to Aklo about Fox or the region or otherwise, please. In my chat, radio, exclamation, radio, melee. Click the link in the Discord. 
submit topics here, you know, come in to the waiting room and uh, we'll select you if we th- see something good and we'll pull you and be glad to have your questions uh, live on the show. Um, that being said, um, you know, I think we're moving things right along here. And, you know, I, I feel like people are going to be wondering why I got Ackle on the show and don't ask him this question in the beginning. So I'm going to ask you before we move on. Um, the short question is what's up with the taunting man? Okay. okay. Do you want me to ask you the longer form or is that good enough? Uh, no, that's what you can ask me the longer form. Yeah. The longer form is basically, all right, so we've seen you taunting. We've even seen some lol spam online. Um, and no, I've seen you do it. You did it. The hungry box. It, it happened. I don't think I've ever lol spammed. You've never lol spammed? Never. I did spam him with good luck, good luck, good luck, because he was taking really long between games. But I don't okay. think I lol spammed him. Okay. Have you, ever said, have you even said one lol? Or, or is that false? I don't, I don't think so, actually. You don't think so? Okay. In fact, actually, one time he beat me and accidentally said lol. And then he actually messaged me on Twitter and being like, yo, that was a mistake, but it was. <laughs> was, was okay. All right. So I had, so that was part, be part of my question. So. Never mind then. Looks like factually incorrect by me. Thank you for keeping me honest. But so we have to, we were still going to ask anyway. How much of this, how much of the good lucks, how much of the taunting is, is in all in good fun? And how much of it is to, to mess with your opponent, to upset their mental, to get some sort of advantage in that way? You know, because I think some people you taunt more than others. Again, we're hungry box, I think is someone that is going to get taunted a little bit more. And so we're, what's, what's the deal here? And, uh, you know, I'm I'm curious what your take is on all that because it's a it's a hot button issue. You know, multiple times a year it seems like. Right. So yeah, first of all, I completely expected this question. So, <laughs> um, so taunting is actually something that I was doing like way before I got to tournaments and stuff like that. So I remember like I was, I've been playing this game since I was like a toddler, right? And like my brother would show me like, oh yeah, when you taunt right when you get a kill, the game actually gives you a stat called fighter stance. So and you get like points for it, you get like bonus points and stats. So then, even in friendlies with each other, we'd kill each other and we'd be taunting like at home in our basement. <laughs> and did it, uh, do, when you did that, did it make the other person mad? Then no, we, we didn't understand okay. that at all. Like we okay. didn't. So when I remember when I went to my first tournament, I was twelve, and then like I was just playing, I was taunting, and like I was playing on stream, I was taunting, and I hear people going like, "Oh," and then like. <laughs> I was like, wait, what happened? Like, did something happen? I don't know. <laughs> and then, um, so, and then eventually, like, um, taunting was something that I did f- to, like, kind of hype myself up during tournaments. Oh, but can then, you explain uh, how that works? Like, what, when you taunt, you're like, oh, it's like, I'm, I'm telling myself, let's go, or my character's yeah, telling me, let's go. Exactly. It's like, I, I would, I always want to do something, like, insane. That you, I think most people taunt for, right? And then, um, if I'm just like, if I'm just feeling it in tournament, I used to taunt and be like, yo, let's go. Like, I can do this. I, like, I got this. But then um, recently, I mean, I'm sure you guys both knew about like, I'm, I don't know if I should name names, but like certain people complaining on Twitter and coming after me and a lot of people dogpiling who probably should not have spoken on the matter. No. <laughs> um, um, so, you know, I made that tweet longer. So then after that whole thing, like, it opened my eyes to, like, how much people actually got mad at taunting. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, well, if you guys are really that mad, maybe I should use it to make okay. 
again in people's mental. <laughs> so you, you, it had never crossed your mind to do that. But then once a lot of people started speaking out, you're like, well, I mean, you guys asked for this. So is, is that kind of what I, you're thinking think, in here? I think prior to that, there were, there were times where like, I understood that some people get like tilted by doing it from, I mean, from it, but, uh, yeah, I rarely, rarely did that for that reason until after that. Sure. Um, so Here's here's the question, Aklo. Here's the question I have for you now that we're at this point. Now that you know that it tilts people, do you think it's a healthy thing to do, at least to those people that it upsets? Is that do you think that's an okay thing for competition? I'm not telling you if it is or not. This is just this is the question I think that's fair to pose. Yeah, so I think it's perfectly fine. And here's the thing, like it's not like I'm taunting like Fred in round one pools, man. Like I'm taunting I'm taunting like top five and top 10 players and like i usually only taunt in like matches that are really neck and neck or like even when they're favored to beat me like if you notice it's pretty rare that like i'm destroying the person and taunting so yeah i I do think it's fine and like i think what's really dumb is like people think taunting is bm but then they pop off when they win and start screaming like i i don't get that again not to name names Oh no no! I, I I'm not even actually throwing shade at anyone. Like I'm talking about everyone. Like everyone pops off when they win a big set. Okay, okay. And and so you're saying if you pop off when you win, you think that that might be more BM than taunting? Then or is that yeah, tough for the other person? It's for sure more BM than taunting. Okay, that's a take. All right. Hey, we're getting we're getting some stuff coming out. We're getting some stuff I mean, this episode. This is good. For what it's worth, I feel like in a lot of ways, New York has always been the land of shit talk. And that's true. Yeah. Like, I mean, PB, you've been you you were at Zenith 2012 when you were competing. And uh yeah. they get loud. Really, really, really rowdy New York crowds. And I think we're used to taunting BM. So I, I think also in a lot of ways, like Apple was always taunting Tri-State, but it never was an issue like that. Cause we were like, Oh yeah, I'll I'll show you, dude. And then, and then like other people would taunt, or they would they would make faces. Like G Money, like is a person who always like throws up his hands in the middle, or like talks to people direct. Like, yeah, Tri State historically has done like way worse than what Aklo's done, um, in terms of BM. So I think in a lot of ways, like it, it's it's funny how it's like Aklo culture, but also like New York culture. Like we're all I find a lot of New Yorkers BM a lot, um, just yeah, because we're we're used to it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I could see the take of like popping off in person's a little more because you know, like there's <laughs> not to name names. People like you know they'll dance around a lot. You know they'll do like a backflip. They'll like they'll break their foot on a chair. Yeah. Right. This could be anyone. Yeah, anybody, anybody, really. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> people do stuff all the time. And how I see it, like, is just like well, one, it makes the game more interesting. I think Twitch chat loves it. The, yeah. it it's like a cool. Uh, thing for spectators to see and from a competitor standpoint i'm in my head i'm just like you know what like if they're taunting me and popping off like i must be really good that they like felt like they needed to do that and also i like thinking about like okay like i actually really like on unranked when people taunt me because i'm like all right now i can come up with my own taunt like metagame like maybe it is it, okay it's probably toxic but it's also <laughs> really funny it's so funny like i i do this on unranked too i'm like I'll never, ever, like, BM somebody. But the first taunt I get, or, like, you know, I play Peach, so they, like, spam down smash. I'm like, I'm about to do the most embarrassing stuff to this person. Like, I don't know. I don't know why BMing is really fun. That, not that anyone <laughs> here should do that. 
you know, I respect opponents. Uh-huh. You know, it's very, you know, I've never done it in, no, I have done it in tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time. Okay, I will talk about this one time. I thought it was a sick BM for uh-huh. what it's worth. I was uh-huh. playing DA West. Oh, boy. Wordsworth, the king of shit talk. You mm. literally, that's a guy, you guys all remember the documentary where he said he put yeah. hot sauce on someone's lip when they were sleeping? I was like, like, this guy is down to make people feel uncomfortable. And he was like, shit talking me super duper loud, making me super upset, whatever. And he beats me. And the next set I play, I think I'm like three socks to one about to time him out. And I think instead of doing anything, I just kept taunting. <laughs> so he'd like F smash me, I'd float back, I would taunt. You like charge shot, I'd float back, I'd taunt, like off the respawn platform, like, I don't know. There's something about it. I like getting revenge on people in, in, in game, in game, because you can't do it in like real life. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there's like, I feel like people have like BM toxic energy. Like everyone's a little mean, right? They, <laughs> maybe they'll do it privately, you know, it'll be somewhere, but only in a video game can you express it and it's like kind of okay. So my little. I mean, me and Aqua played a bunch of times, and we've done a bunch of hilarious stuff to each other. Yeah. Just, like, all different types of taunts and different, like, looking at each other. Like, it's... Yeah. (laughs) It's just... I don't know. There's something about it. There's there's something there that's a little special. Oh, man. The quotes for this episode really do write themselves. Um, (laughs) Being toxic is okay. (laughs) Yeah, among other things. Um, Ed T.O. says... (laughs) <laughs> you you'll have a good time at function too we promise <laughs> yeah very inclusive uh you know, we taunt everybody regardless of gender age you know true. we'll talk that's you. true that's true i love that equal opportunity memes for everyone um no but this is good um so i, I like having the perspective on new york again we had jay mook on last week so i think it's been good to just have so much try to stay out here and certainly it'd be fun to dig into this topic more but I, you guys have had your say on that and so we're going to be moving on a little bit now to the community voice real quick and uh if you guys don't know what that is out here that's basically the question that at the end of every episode um the guest or guests are going to ask a question for the youtube comments and we've got one long answer here that jmook asked because he said what would what would happen if the american office cast and the british office cast played a crew battle against each other and who would they main and who would win and we got really long uh, comments, and this was the only one we could show that you know we could fit on the screen. So you guys really wanted to impress JMook, and I love you guys for that. Mr. Shade says, The U.S. office crew would definitely come out on top as they have tighter crew unity from their longer show running. Strong. Some obvious character picks, I think. Jim playing Jigglypuff because Puff can require a lot of patience and slowing down your opponent's pace to wear them down and get the dub. Just like how Jim took it slow and was patient to win Pam. Oh, that's beautiful. Puff, Puff, the character of love. You heard it here first. Uh, Kevin would undoubtedly play Luigi as a callback to the Diversity Day episode. How about some spaghetti? Now, I don't really understand this reference. I didn't see The Office too much. I don't know if you guys are aware of it either, but yeah, we looks like we've got a little bit of uh, U.S. patriotism here in our Mr. Shade comment. And I mean, good stuff to those guys. You guys want to weigh in on any of that or who you think would win or who would play which character? Yeah, Aqua, what do you think, man? Um, I definitely think, all right, so I think Dwight would definitely play, uh, he'd play someone, like, who, um, like, I, I, honestly, like, Ice Climbers or something like that, I, I don't know, I don't know, 
But it's, it's hard to say. I, I, I don't watch The Office too much, but... I'm going to be completely honest with my golden gamers. I've, I've never watched it. <laughs> never watched it? I'm, I'm, no. I, it's been, like, in the background. I, I'm, like, a... I'm a Zoomer dude. I need, like, a million <laughs> stimulations, so I don't yeah. watch... Like, that a, show like won't do show. it. Wait, that show yeah, I need, mean, like, you know, a podcast, some music, and Melee. Like, it's... Holy. I, I never... Or, like, sitcom stuff, I feel like I never watch. I watch a good amount of movies, but, like, mm. Office, I have not watched a lot of... I'm scared to see the chat and YouTube reaction to it, but, like, when I when I saw Jay Mook ask that question, I'm like, dude... And then he included, like... Wait, it's like, what? what's the crew battle between the UK... Um, whatever, and the U.S. Right. Like, yeah, that's like so much background knowledge. I'm like, holy! It's like I I needed to do more studying before getting on. This <laughs> I, I was like, so, the context. I think uh, Michael would definitely play Captain Falcon. That I know for a fact. Oh, that that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, because he's just like like everyone's the, Captain Falcon's the character that everyone like just like explode like he's explosive and like screams a lot and like yeah, that's definitely Michael. Yeah, every time Falcon abuse someone, he would yes with the Falcon for sure. <laughs> I, I have enough office knowledge to to go do that. About anything more you ask me, I think I tap out. But I've seen it a few times, and yeah, I get I get the appeal. Um, but that being said, uh, if you guys would go check out the comments on that video, people wrote some really long, interesting stuff. I really encourage you guys to go look at it. And um, I Ryo Beat and Aklo surely are very inspired for their community voice here at the end of this episode upon seeing that. Yeah, uh, I for revenge on Jamook, I'm gonna ask like an even more niche question. Okay. Like, yeah, only the the bloopers of SpongeBob season two. What do you guys think would be like that level of niche? These poor these poor YouTube commenters, they're trying their heart out. Bless them. <laughs> um, but while you guys ruminate on your fates, uh, we're gonna go ahead and start bringing in our callers. We looks like we got our first one queued up for us here uh slumlord gg welcome back to the show where are you calling in from and what's your question for us today gamer oh hi pp hi uh i am calling in sorry i'm getting a an echo there we go i'm calling in from denver colorado very nice very nice shout to colorado what's your question for us today uh, first off before my question oh my god aklo i'm your biggest fan yeah. i am just so happy to be on the same call as you so, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so excited. But my question is actually, since we're kind of in the age of social media and also in the age of Slippy, we kind of have tournaments get more of a, a public eye due to things like social media, since people are so kind of crammed in their house and stuff like that. And even though lands and locals are returning, a lot of the time when you're on social media, you kind of mostly see marketing for net play events like. Waddle Wednesday, the Salt Mine, TMT, ECF, stuff like that. However, every late Monday, Tuesday, and into Wednesday, there's always like one tournament that just kind of like drowns everything out uh, to the point that I barely mark it on Tuesdays for the Salt Mine, and that's the nightclub. The nightclub is constantly taking over my timeline, and it's not just from the New York City Melee people. It is everyone talking about the mm -hmm. nightclub. So my question is to Ryobeat, Nico, what what do you think that secret sauce New York City Melee is working with in your perspective? And what do you think the cornerstones of having a tournament gain popularity are? Okay. Um, 
So is it cool if I if I take this one, guys? Oh, please, please. This question's oh. directed to you, and I mean, you're the you're the TO here. I, I we'd be glad for you to share as much as you could with this one. Okay. Um. Thank you. So, I think there's a lot of factors. Obviously, TOing is there's a lot of different layers to it. Um. But I think something that I've really cultivated just in my local community and with people um, is like just stressing the importance of social media. Um, and obviously it's one thing to say like, oh, so you're just saying like tweet more or something. But it's like, no, I, I think that for a lot of people, when they think of tweeting, I think, and this is also true, I think of a lot of like Melee top players, why they, you know, you don't see a lot of content, you don't see a lot of streaming. They're like, it kind of takes away from like my personality and I don't get to focus on what I want to do, which is play the game. Um, and I don't want to think about these external factors that could be beneficial. But I think I've like, I've, I've talked with enough top players. I've talked to enough O2 players and everyone in my region about the importance of social media, just in the lens of like the tournament, like is obviously incredibly enjoyable for anybody there. Like I, as long as I'm doing my job right and they like the game and everything's really fun. Um, I try to tell people when they're like posting on social media, well, one, they should, but two, it shouldn't feel like you're posting on social media to be incredibly formulaic. Like I'm not trying to tweet like, Hey, nightclub featuring these people and then leave it at that. Or, you know, I don't go up to Aklo and say like, Hey, you know, just say that you're at the nightclub and then like, leave it at that. Right. Like I think people really attach to a place if it feels like it has a lot of personality and depth and there's a range of things that people are doing and enjoying. And I think just letting people kind of put their personality into the social media and really just show themselves and what they're doing really goes a long way to be infectious to other people. So I think when you see nightclub posts, it's not just like, oh, yeah, here's the top eight images. You know, it's like, here's Akko doing a crazy combo. Here's a picture of the people getting drinks. Here's a crowd reaction of people screaming, watching the projector. Um, here's, you know, like an interview, right? Like, I think we really diversify all the different types of social media that we do such that it doesn't just feel like, oh, like, just tell me the results already. Like, tell me who won, what are the upsets, and then, okay, next event. Like, it's a whole, like, it feels like a big ecosystem of people as opposed to just, like, I'm just telling you the summary of what happened. Um, I think is like, my, my first answer to this question about, like, social media posting. And I don't know if you guys have, like, a similar take on, like, how tournaments are viewed online or something uh yeah i mean i guess the only thing i can really say is i mean that makes a lot of sense to me um i think people attach much more to emotion than than anything else so to give it a personality give it a face give it a feel i think is is going to draw people in is going to give them uh more of that i personally wasn't aware necessarily of all of that I can I see a little bit of it in like the setting of the event and you know the background behind the commentators and the the panning around of the crowd. So I see a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, for for that to have such a strong social media presence, I mean that makes sense. And you're really going above and beyond as a TO to encourage people to do that. So because some people are like, oh, I don't want to tweet. I bustered out, and you're like, well, you know, you could still maybe there's something you did enjoy or something, right? And so I think you know, to, to go the extra mile for that is, is pretty, pretty cool. And I, you know, really does speak to how much you care about the scene, which is awesome. Thank you. Um, Akko, I also want to ask you, like, how, how have you felt like being at the nightclub or like tweeting about, like, do you feel like this type of thing is true that what I'm saying, like, you know, like the ecosystem being shown or like, how yeah. do you feel as, like a top player tweeting about the event, that type of thing? Cause, oh. Cause I know I've, I, I literally go up to all the top players. I'm just like, Hey, tweet, tweet something. I always I do that. 
I think by far the best thing that you do as a TO is that you communicate with everybody. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. And, um, like, for example, like, you'll ask me in advance, am I coming to the nightclub? And, like, um, like you'll add me when you tweet out the stream. Like, you'll add all the players in the top eight and be like, oh, can you tweet this out? Um, and then it's really just the communication, yeah. But, uh, and then what was the last part of your question? Um, I guess do you, do you feel like like what happens at the nightclub is like I guess accurately tweeted on social media? I don't know how to how to describe what I'm trying to say. Well, like when well, you one, see nightclub posts, like what do you usually think of? Hmm. It, it's more like uh, I see like who's the current reigning champ. Like when I see whoever's winning, because like like you said, it's kind of really about the narrative, right? It's like you don't know who is going to be like randomly pop off at a nightclub and just just suddenly like win or get second or third or something like that and also oh i just remember one thing i wanted to say is that um what's really good for nyc melee you guys have your own um twitter twitter where like you post everything there that's really helpful because i actually use that a lot to like find out where the bracket link is um like see who's winning see who signed up see who's thinking of coming because people comment and stuff like that i think that's really helpful too yeah, I think um, that's a big point that I, I forgot to mention. Just like one, like having a dedicated Twitter um, to like the tournament brand or whatever. But also like I think that what kind of goes with that, which I'm very intentional about, is like I tweet every single day from NYC Melee. And I think like when I'm tweeting, I'm always thinking about like a narrative in mind um, to the point where I feel like, you know, there's like like I said, like, you know, there's always something to look forward to in terms of like, okay, if Aqua wins everyone, okay, that's one thing, but what was the cool combo we did? Or like, who made the most amount of upsets that day? Or was there a big crowd reaction? Um, I always try to like tweet, find something every day from like something that happened in a later bracket or um, I'll communicate with all the players. And if I see like a certain player pre-registered, I'll be like, okay, who's the person that that guy has like a close head to head with. And I try to spin that narrative. Like, for example, like, what I do every Sunday is I reach out to like the top 20 to 25 players in the region or something like that. And then a certain amount of them will confirm with me. And then in my head, what I'm thinking is, okay, so I have two Saint Jojo and slots coming. Like what's the narrative with that? I'm like, well, actually, you know, in their locals, like they actually have like a triangle, like two Saint beats Jojo, Jojo beats slots, but slots beats two Saint. So I could read about something like that. Or, you know, if none of the top players come, I'll say, okay, no one at this tournament has won a nightclub. Um, I think like finding the very like intricate details about your local and turning it into a narrative, I think gets people really excited. Um, and that's also why I like, like to challenge people's idea of, I think when people think of NYC Melee, like at like face value, it's like, oh, you know, well, NYC Melee gets a lot of like viewers because it has all the top players. But I think like there have been many weeks where Aqua doesn't come for months because he's busy with school or something. But we have people like, you know, Whiskers or just Jason or we've had, you know, lower ranked players win um, that aren't very big on social media that people are trying to see. But I think by like taking the people in your region and just like turning that narrative, like, you know, I think of just Jason, I think of, oh, OK, he's like a big tech chase guy. I think Whiskers, he's the Yoshi guy. Captain Smuckers, oh, you know, he beat Zane. He's on the come up again with box or something. Right. Like I, I try to think of like a, a little storyline for everybody. Anytime a New Jersey player comes out, I'm like. Oh, New York versus New Jersey, who's going to win? Like all these little things I come up with um, to just kind of build a narrative to it. And I think every region 
can have that. You know, like as long as like, you know, one person won one tournament and another person won another, if they both go, that's a cool narrative. Which one's going to win? Um, just like seeing those little details and stuff. And I think that does take, I guess, experience in the community to like see how tournament results get latched onto and what makes people excited that I've like seen that throughout time. But it's something I'm super intentional with, with uh, social media for sure. What a great answer. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, very thorough and in depth, plenty of examples, plenty of things that other TOs can, can copy and, um, create their own, own exciting local or regional narrative. So I think that's pretty cool. And I, I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to add because you said there was a first part, but if there was something else uh, for your secret TOing sauce, or maybe you don't want to give up everything, or maybe you've talked about what you think is most important, that's all fine. Um, I think I'll, I'll leave it there. Not because I'm, you know, I, I'm happy to share all the secrets as always, but, um, you know, just because I felt like that was a big answer. But I think, yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess one other thing that I'll, I'll touch on in terms of TOing, and, you know, it, it's, it's similar in the social media, similar in the narrative, but, um, it's a really underrated uh, aspect of any tournament ever. And I think that people can really look at this for locals as well as regionals and not just nationals, but kind of like capitalizing on creating a crowd at the local. I think that makes it really fun because I think we think of, you know, O2ers, you know, they're bored, they get double three stocked and then they go home. They don't have anything to do. But one thing that nightclub's really cool about is that we have like a projector where you can see matches. And um, pretty much like to me, like, I think some people, again, to go against the narrative of, like, oh, the only thing that makes things interesting is, like, top players. For me, as long as it goes game three or game five, you can get excited about that, you know? Because close matches are exciting, not top players. Because no one wants to see, like, a, you know, Aklo, you know, triple three stock slots. Like, obviously, cool two top players. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, I don't, I, I knew what was coming at the end of the day. Yeah, you just, well. <laughs> Yeah, stop. He needs to stop winning. It, it, it's rough. Sometimes he donates that one test, you know, just for just for NYC melee. But um, yeah, like you know, like I I think that people like should build a like culture around watching their their regions matches because one it hypes up the players. Everyone feels good about being cheered for as long as you know it's respectful and there's like two sides to it. You know, this group's cheering for this guy, this group's cheering for that guy. Um, those game fives get exciting. People want to come back, and people who aren't in the tournament have something to do. I think that's one thing that's really unique about nightclub. Like, I mean, Aqua has been a part of it. It's like, there's literal 60 people shouting and it's like a Wednesday night. And then I <laughs> go to work with a headache. <laughs> well, hey, um, I mean, it's yeah. good stuff. Oh, were you about to say something, Macklo? No, no, I just stretching. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, Hey, I mean, I think, I think that's, that's plenty of the sauce. If you want more, I mean, I think Ryo beat is, seems pretty open to talking about it. Um, so, hey, uh, good stuff, phenomenal answer, and uh, thank you for calling in, Slumlord. You got any more questions for us on your way out today? Oh, yeah, actually. Funny you, funny you asked that, PP. I'm a, my day job is I'm an IT consultant, but I just rolled off of a contract. So I was wondering if Golden Guardians needed like a partnership manager uh, coffee boy for the summer while I do nothing, or... <laughs> uh yeah so that it i'm not the person to ask that i don't hire anyone but hey you know what maybe maybe the editor will pass that on or or something you know we'll see well well it's in the pipeline it's out there hey maybe we'll we'll talk right 
Yeah, we'll talk. Well, and PP, if they don't hire me, I can be your first hire. It's no problem. Okay, <laughs> Ooh, oh. okay yeah, because I definitely have uh, I have so much money, so that's fine. Oh, we already know. We already yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, great. if you guys don't know Slowmore GG, he's the host of the Salt Mine, Tired of oh, yeah. It Two, Grand. Yeah. You know, if anyone's yeah. hearing, just you know, yeah, started an esports org eight months ago. We have thousands of uh, Twitter followers, yeah. Twitch followers, a Discord with over a thousand people now. Yeah, wonderful, doing wonderful things for the scene, and we're glad for that. Yeah, well, thank you so much, PB. That's that's all my questions. I'm just uh, I'm still just so nervous to be on the same call as Aklo, so I'm I'm just gonna go. Okay, Aklo, would you like to say anything to Slumlord before he goes? Um, well, I actually met Slumlord. I found uh, <laughs> really awesome guy. Uh, but yeah, that's nice talking to you. Nice meeting you and stuff like that. So yeah, for sure. We're, I'm still interested in doing that uh, Humane Society tournament with you. Right. So we talked briefly know. about uh, potentially doing a tournament for Pitbull awareness. Oh, not yeah. not Mr. Worldwide. A different, not, different Mr. Worldwide. No, dude, not, not, not Mr. Worldwide. Stupid idea, really. <laughs> Although, I, I only want to sing hotel room service as I get restocked by somebody. I, this sucks. I, I do think Pitbull and Mr. Worldwide does need a resurgence though. So it could be it could be both. Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah, it's good it's good branding. Um you can I mean Ryobeat, I'm sure can can tell you about the emotion on that one. Yeah, um, I'll set up the narrative, you know. Right. Pitbull has never been taunted before because he's like a you know, world class <laughs> yeah. superstar. And, uh, you know, then he's the link came back. out. And... Right. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> we got it. We got it. We got to end this. Uh, Slumore, thank you for calling yeah. in. You take thank care. you so much. You too. Bye. All right. <laughs> well, that was, that was an unusual ending to a call. It was. Um, I don't know if we can get Pitbull. But we did have T Pain once at the nightclub. It is. Oh, I don't know snap. if people knew that. Oh, snap. Yeah, he was playing ultimate. He, he, I don't. I was so mad. I was like, "Dude, the melee sounds right over there." But I mean, of course. Well, we could. Well, you know, I mean, we, we, we can get him. We can get him from there. Yeah, Slippy wasn't mad. around then, so you know, we, we yeah. have a chance. Yeah, he's he can get he gets drunk on stream. He'll get drunk, and if if Slippy's there, he'll play it for sure. Let's go, oh, T Pain. Yeah. <laughs> T Pain, if you're listening, please. Oh uh, yeah. Um. All right. Let's bring in our next caller. Hermes, what's up? Where are you calling in from, and what's your question for us today? Hi, guys. I'm calling in from uh, South Jersey. Uh, Roan University Melee and Ultimate represent. Um, I'm a newer player, and recently I, I switched back from Melee to Ultimate because I, I felt that the time commitment to get really, like, decent in Melee, to, it's just a lot. Uh, so do you think there should be, like, because I was an Owen Tour, and a lot of people are Owen Tours, they just sort of go to the tournament get clapped and then <laughs> either leave or just hang around. You think there should be sort of like an Arcadian style series of tournaments for new players, like six months to a year, maybe to help them not get discouraged when they go to tournaments. Oh boy. Do we have news for you? The guy that was just on the show <laughs> runs a net play tournament called tired of O2 where you can, you can go and it's just for beginner players. And there are some other people that run uh beginner uh, friendly tournaments as well. I forget the name. I believe it's, Cadence oh, only uh, noobs. Only noobs is the other one. That's right. So there's mm -hmm. we got we have options on options for you guys. And so there's there are places for people that you know are tired of getting messed up at regular tournaments. And of course there are Arcadians as well that are around. But yeah, beginner friendly tournaments. A lot of the online ones are plentiful and they're going on every week. So easy to find them. I don't know if that's if if there's something else or you wanted something IRL or or what, but. Maybe that'll make things a little bit easier anyway. 
I mean, yeah, I, I guess the idea would be for, like, a, a, a larger, like, regional, maybe, or, like, national style of tournament like that, where there's, uh, on, in person, but. Oh, yeah. You know, I just watched the SoCal Arcadian uh, just this last weekend, actually, so I know that they do happen. I don't know of any Jersey one, and I don't know of Ryobeat's plans to run Function 3 and an Arcadian at the same time. I'm sure he'll find a way to do it. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, I do think something for that area is coming. I mean, and then there was a, there's a national Arcadian that's been run before. I think that's somewhere in the Midwest. I forget where. So I, I think, you know, kind of keep, keep your eyes peeled. I mean, Ryo beat for the, for our audio listeners. When I mentioned an Arcadian, he was rubbing his hands together. I do think that is coming just so everyone's aware. Um, and so I think, I think this is something that that's out there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we want, we want people to have their chance to, to prove themselves at, at all levels. And so I think that's a wonderful thing, but uh, I don't know if you want to speak to that more Ryobeat, what that experience like and how it's different. Um, yeah. So Arcadian tournaments, I think in smash historically have always been like an overwhelming success. Like I think people have almost yeah. complained a little bit in terms of like, yeah. oh, why does, why does every time we host an Arcadian, like 300 people come, but then right. our gets 30 or something like right. that. Like, People love Arcadians. Um, Oldie Noobs gets like 200 people. Tired of O2, um, Slum Lords tournament, he recently got to like 80 people. Wow. Um, and I think it just hits on that note of, you know, that experience that is very boring for many people, which is, you know, you go to a tournament, you don't know anybody, you get double three stock by two people, and then you leave, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, the two things I think that kind of go with that conversation is like, I guess one thing is just like thinking more, I wish more TOs and more top players thought about like what is like the O2 player experience at an event and how can we improve it? Because yeah. realistically for a lot of people, it is boring. Like I don't blame anybody for like, you know, wanting to play a game that has more, because I, I wouldn't say necessarily that, you know, obviously you can let me know Hermes, but like when you switch from melee to ultimate, I don't think they're necessarily like, harder or easier games but i will say for sure that ultimate usually because it's a newer game has a bigger pool of newer players mm -hmm. so usually you it's very hard to go o2 and get completely washed in ultimate because more new players are entering the ultimate and there's less experience whereas like you can go o2 at a, at a melee tournament and you're like trying to make conversations like oh man how long have you been playing it's like yeah i've been playing for like eight years like my first tournament was like <laughs> you know mlg anaheim and you know, i took like three years off the game but yeah. Like that type of, like everyone's been playing for so many years. Um, but like new games, you know, because they're shorter, they usually have that. However, um, yeah, I think tournaments like the ones that PP recommended, like, you know, Tired of O2 and Only Noobs are really good. Arcadians are really good. Um, but I think a, a big thing that I would stress to anybody um, going to tournaments and having that experience where they get really messed up or whatever is before you leave after going O2, like, Try to play, try to like make friends and particularly try to stay connected with the people that you go even with. Um, because I think that the game won't feel as hard if you can just find someone that, you know, you go even with and you get better at a similar pace and it feels welcoming. Like something I do as a TO all the time is, um, again, I always look at my attendees list so I know who's there, who's not. Um, and when I see a new player, I try to think of who are the other new players in the venue that either started their last tournament or two tournaments before that. And I like literally just point to them. I'll just say, hey, you see the, that group over there? It's their first tournament was just two tournaments ago. You should go talk to them. And then usually I see them, you know, get to make friends and they play. 
and it's fine. And um, going OT2 doesn't feel that scary because, you know, at the end of the day, you go back to a group that they're also going to say, damn, I went O2 as well. Like, I got double three stock. But today, you know, I got two stock. So, you know, it's nice. So you can you kind of have that relatability. I think finding connections at the local level or, you know, the online local is really good for just staying around. Just people that play your main, people around your skill level, like that type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, Aklo, when you were, I don't know, when you were starting out, did you ever enjoy any Arcadians or if not, did you, what do you think of the Arcadian experience? How, how valuable do you think that is? So I've never actually been to an Arcadian, but um, I do think that uh, they are pretty important because like Ryabit said, uh, when most people think of tournaments, they don't think of the O-Tour experience. And it can be hard for people to find the uh, practice on their level, which in my opinion is crucial to getting better. So finding practice on your level and like say like you do find someone on your level it's important to also play multiple different people like if you're always playing the same person that is definitely helpful especially if you're only trying to beat like a certain select few people but like if you're really trying to get better it is important to play multiple practice partners yeah for sure and so i mean at an arcade and you're much more likely to find people in in your boat or around yeah. your boat yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely a lot less like fear at Arcadians that you'll be absolute worst player, you know, because it's like after people not doing that. So just like just by probability, you know, every setup you get on is closer than if you just attended the locals. So that feels really nice. Um, I think it helps on like a get better level, but also like a self-esteem and motivation level. You know, if you could take a game, you're like, oh, there's potential there. Like, maybe I could take two next time. Um, then you know, getting four stocked a bunch, and then they rotate characters on you and all that stuff. The old also P2, <laughs> the old P2 gambit where I get four stocked, and they're like, Oh, don't worry, bro, you're good. <laughs> yeah, there's oh, also that's, the tough. Thing. that's tough when, when you see Aklo playing Pichu, that character has a lot of taunts. You got to watch out. Pichu's got two taunts, it's even more for me. So, Pichu's got taunts, the, the crouch is a taunt, the slow walk, <laughs> all kinds of taunts. I think, um, what's it called? I think the other thing too is like, I mean, this is like, I also don't think this is like a melee exclusive thing. I think like, if you go into any new hobby, everyone is scared of being bad. I think that is something that I, I, I think people should like take with them more. Like starting a new hobby is scary. Like, like, like for example, there's this one girl who started playing, uh, I don't know, melee at the nightclub and she's never wave dash before. She doesn't have slippy. She just like watched it on the projector. Like, no, I want to play so she's got a controller now she's trying it but like i think about myself like i would never do that with anything else like just walk into like imagine i just went to a club and saw people dancing and it's like my first time dancing i'm like yeah okay you know let me just go put myself on the dance floor that right. sounds so nerve-wracking yeah but i think that's why it's up to tios and people who create these spaces to really think like okay like most terrifying thing and like like roadblock for people is the part where realize you're the worst and everyone recognizes that you're the worst of that thing. Um, and obviously that I'm, I'm dramatizing it a little bit right. at the same time, you know, um, I think there's a lot of like, you know, things in place like Arcadians, like only noobs and stuff like that, that like try to uh, like, just ease that, that fear. Because I do think after a while, once you get a couple of friends that you go even with, or you take, I think taking your first set at a melee event just feels so good. I feel like everyone could remember their first set that they won and they're just like, Oh my God, like, I did it, you know, you have your little cringy 14-year-old pop-off. Like, 
I, I very DM. A long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aklo. You would have said being at 14 <laughs> was baby. But yeah, it took me a long time too. Like I started playing in the the No Johns days, which is like 2012. Yeah. I would lose to like HBK and Warrior Knight to go O2. And I was just like, ow. <laughs> like they would just beat me with anything. But then I won my first set. Like my heart was racing. My hands were like, you know, they were all tingly. And then all my friends like hugged me, like, dude. <laughs> and i was just like i know i mean mind you my opponent like sd like three times it, it was, it was like a joke. Those. we take those yeah like your first one like everyone feels good about it i think even at the nightclub it's always adorable when i'm reporting matches like a very common thing for new players that have won their first set is they come back to the to desk like deep breathing they're like one, one two one two it me <laughs> i did it i really like i i've been i've been practicing and it's like really adorable so i think uh. Just giving yourself the opportunity to win that one and find that one opponent that you really can like do it for, I think the motivation then like fills itself. It'll always be scary for like everyone's first time though. Right. Yeah, and I you know something else I thought about when I heard this question is it doesn't have to I know this is, this is gonna be a crazy thing to say maybe after listening to Ryobi, but I don't think it has to all be on the TO 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 make all this happen. I mean, when my first event um, Laws are the strongest player in the state. Came up to me and started talking to me and said he liked the way I played. And he played Mario in Winners Finals for me. He didn't have to do any of that, but he did. He was just a real nice guy and 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 he played friendlies with me and everything. And so you know, I try to do my best when when I was going to locals to pay that forward to play anyone that asked. Just because I was like, this could make a real difference to people. And sometimes I forget about that. And people t- people told me years later, man, I still remember those friendlies and that was awesome. I was like, oh, okay. So you know. I think as top players, uh, as as people with influence, we have we have the power to do that, um, and so it's 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 important to keep in mind we can all we can all make that impact in our own ways. Oh yeah, I think that I I'm shocked we didn't mention that. that's a great point. Like anybody anybody at the local, like if you see someone you know a little I guess a little shyer or like you know like brand new to wave dashing like or something like that, just clearly brand new. I think a nice introduction that. I think, you know, just kind of invites them, you know, like reminds them, hey, you know, this is like a fun game to play. I like the way you do this. You should try doing this. Um, asking them about how they feel about Melee. Just like, you know, regular social things. I think sometimes it does feel like when you go to a tournament, it's like this big grind and everyone's, you know, just grinding to be the best. And like, that's the only goal. But for a lot of people, it's just like weekly, I want to go play a video game with my friends and, you know, relax. So I think treating it like a social event for, I would say, 99% of new players, I think is a good way to go and anybody can do that anybody can make others feel good being in a space by just being like hey what's your name i'm this person what's your major that type of thing you know i think yeah that's very true whenever i meet people at locals or even non-locals um like when we introduce themselves i always say like what's your tag or your name because like a lot of people don't even like going by their tag (laughs) like even though it's their own tag but um some people have some weird tags, like with a uh, PP in them. <laughs> no, I can't think of anyone in this call that has a weird tag. Um, but yeah, and also like, I always ask like, would you like any tips or something like that? And um, when I do give tips, I try to like point out some good things they did and some bad things they did. And also like, if I beat them, I always say like, oh, good luck in the rest of the bracket. Like, they might tell me who they're playing next, and I'll, I'll be like, um, oh yeah, like you got this, like. It, a lot of it is just like mental mental stamina like a lot of competing in general is just mental so if you get people in the right mood i think they'll just enjoy tournaments much more yeah 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, again, we are coming back to, you know, the emotion, the vibe overall of the place and how much everyone can do. So, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love that. And uh, hope we were able to, I know it maybe not exactly what you wanted, Hermes, but I think we're, we answered it to the best of our ability. So thank you so much for calling in. You got any shout outs for us on your way out today? I mean, South Jersey, you know, South Jersey smash. And also, yeah, I mean, you guys did answer my question. You gave me a, you gave me a bunch of tournaments that already do this. So cool. Great. Cool deal, man. You got any shout outs or, uh, besides South Jersey? Or are you ready to you ready to head on? No, I'm good. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for calling in. Hope you have a good rest of your day. You too. Um, Ryobi, how's your cam doing over there? I I know. I think I'm la Am I still lagging? Can you guys hear me okay now? I can hear you. Yeah, everything seems okay. Yeah, if you end up needing to refresh it, you know, go for it. But uh, looks like we've got another caller in here. I'm not sure if we're going to have time for another or not, but let's bring him on. Team Moniac, what's up? Where are you calling in from? And what's your question for us today, gamer? Hello. Um, I'm calling in from uh, West Lafayette, Indiana. Oh. Uh, but I, I live in Jersey. Um, so my question is, um, I'm looking into TOing in my area. Uh, what are the procedures I have to take in order to have enough CRTs, get the higher level players to come, maintain attendance, make enough money to like stay at the venue? Man, you know, I, I'll tell you what, before, I don't know if you have more to your question or not, but man, how valuable is it to have TOs on the show? Cause I think, <laughs> you know, I think almost every week we'll get questions and I'll have to say, well, you know, it'd be nice if we had a TO on. <laughs> so it's, oh, it yeah. really is. It really is so valuable to have TOs. I mean, and, and all the work you're putting in, I think is absolutely wonderful, Ryo Beat. So, you know, you. It, 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 we, I just want to underscore that, you know, I think a lot of questions players and others have are best answered by TOs. So, you know, we're glad you can share your insight with us today. Sorry, Aklo. I'm sure, you know, we have, we'll have stuff for you soon. We'll, we'll do our best. We're trying out here, man. Oh, I still enjoy hearing this stuff, so. Well, I think this one, um, I think we can start because um, if I heard you correctly, it's I know you said maintain attendance and kind of with top players. Yeah. Um, and then you said setups and maintaining the venue. I can start with uh, attendance and top players because we have a top player I communicate with all the time for attendance. Um, mm -hmm. And to maintain what I'll just start with, like, I guess the frame of how do you make like top players or 10 or what incentivizes them maybe I think is like a good question we can like focus on there. Um, yeah. For me, okay, so the biggest thing is, oh, okay, I guess the first place to start is that make sure you consider like being, or like getting top players to attend your event, like relative to where you are. Like if you're just, you know, in random 12 entrant person, like, town at in the middle of nowhere like don't be like okay how do we get mango here like he's he's just yeah. not gonna go <laughs> like even like i've had some people it's like oh what if we get mango to you know this uh like nightclub vip i'm like i'm just gonna be honest guys like no like he's on the west coast like it takes a lot of flying and time and energy right um work with like what you have you know like who are the best players that realistically would come and also that you know are regularly in your community i think is just like one little extra guy would put on this yeah. but in order to get top players to attend. I mean, obviously Aqua would uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's, there's like three things I think are the big things for top players attendance. Like one, it's gotta be competitive for them. Like I don't think top players mm -hmm. would like to just come in, get three O to like get a bunch of three O's and then walk out. 
Um, I know some people like to say like the money, but I think for most people, like streaming is kind of where that's at. So they need, I think a little something extra. Plus, you know, I'm not going to make nightclub $20 entry. So let's say, you know, main thing is like competition. Um, and then I think the other thing that I think Magi talked about on the show one time is like the culture around top players. Like I think some people either, you know, put them on a pedestal and, you know, just kind of treat them like celebrities and not people and friends. Um, or, you know, they like very loudly cheer against them every time they're there and just hope they lose. Um, so like, you know, kind of like creating a space for top players to be there as people and not feel like everyone's just against them and trying to like watch them lose and want nothing else from them. Like, don't make it seem like, I guess, transactional, you know, like yeah. at the end of the day, like I would say my top players are like, you know, Glow and J Flex and JoJo and Smuckers, like all those people, I'm not like you need to come or else my tournament won't look like super fancy. I'm just like, okay, what, what would you guys like out of a local? And like, how can I provide that? And, you know, I just kind of listen to their, their feedback on things. And I try to tell them what I think my local can help them out with. And then, you know, if they have the time, they're down. Um, I think also, I think there's a culture too of peer pressuring top players a little too much. I feel like a lot of times they're like, oh, why does it mango under every two weeks or something like that? When, you know, he, he has his reasons. Um, but I think, you know, that's why I think having an open conversation with the TO and the top player about like, what are some realistic expectations that can help both of us is really, really nice. Like, for example, Apple hasn't been to nightclub in like, I don't know, six weeks or something like that, but he's doing school. So it's like, you know, that's fine. I'm not going to be like subtweeting him like, yeah, Apple doesn't support his scene, whatever. Um, cause you know, he still retweets stuff. He still shows like, oh, you know, I love NYC Melee, like come watch his stream or something or. I'm going to be at this next event in a couple months. Like, as long as I think there's good communication, I think you can bring in top players and like keep up that attendance to think about like what their needs are. Right. I'm also curious. Before you move on there, um, Aklo, I mean, you're the one going to these. What, what did you find most important from Ryobeat that encouraged you to go, or maybe you heard that made other people go? Right. So a lot of times when Ryobeat does actually, he'll like, um, he always messages me like well in advance, which is really helpful. Yeah. And because um, he says X player is going, so that obviously makes it a little more exciting. That helps a lot. And then another thing is, um, I'd say not really about Ryby specifically, but like he definitely plays a big part in this. It's like um, he mentioned, like it's not transactional. So like when when I go to nightclub, yeah, like I think most of the people are rooting against me because I'm not the underdog, right? But like if I do something like cool everyone's still hype and cheering for it and also one thing i really appreciate is like when i win everyone claps like and i'm not saying like i'm i everyone clap for me like that's all i'm saying but like, right right everyone appreciates the good melee it yeah. would suck if you won and everyone's like oh again right that's not that's no fun exactly and uh not only that like they do they do a little interview with me even though like like there have been times where I went like four or five times in a row. They still do the interview every time, um, and it, it's really nice. Like, uh, and because like everyone is so, I guess, um, like no one's against each other, and I really like that because there are people like every time I go to the venue, people asking me for advice, friendlies, and because like it's just such a, like a welcome environment. Like I I feel like actually wanting to help people. So yeah. That's cool. And, um, and I think, you know, that's, that's going to be good insight for a lot of people that are hearing this, but, you know, I think a question becomes very obvious 
I said, what's one of the most important things, Aklo? And you said, well, if I hear X players coming. Now, Ryobeat, I think our good friend Timoniak would want to know, well, how do you get that first one to go then? Okay, so I, I have so many things to say, but I think Aklo almost spoiled a, a, a running thing I do. He sugarcoated a little bit. I know. I didn't want to say it because I have oh, heard. Oh, PB, you know about it. You know. I the, think the I do. I, I believe I've heard what it is. All right, I'll 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 tell the secret live. You know, you can all quote me. It's called <laughs> lying. Yeah, I, lie. I did hear it. I did hear it. Lie. You say it. You no. make up things. Now, Ryo Pete, just... I just want to I just want to point out. So far on the show, you have said uh, BMing and and maybe some toxicity. Okay, and yeah. also lying helps your events. Yes. I just. I just want everyone. We're recapping a little bit yeah. here. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 what being a TO is about, you know, just like making oh, people man. feel bad and whatever. But um, <laughs> no, for what it's worth, there, there's another day for a conversation about how aqua taunting makes it more hype to watch in a crowd, and that makes nightclub more fun, which means yeah. you have a good time. You sure. did, there's like a connection there. I, there's a narrative. There's a narrative. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. for a different day. But uh, to my lying point, I, I think both. PB and Aqua have heard me say this before. But if I have one criticism, okay, this is true of everybody, like for any event, but top players in Melee do this all the time where I, you ask them to come and they're like, well, who's going? I'm like, well, you know, if you said yes, I could advertise that you're going and then that makes more people go. It's like, well, I'm not going to go if he doesn't go. But that's right. what 10 top players in a row say. So it's like, right. you know, if I just put you guys in like a group chat, and like we just said, like, hey, can you guys just all say yes at the same time so no one backs out and then you go? Um, it would be cool. So, okay, sometimes I've lied to Aklo and been like, oh, yeah, JFlex and uh, JoJo and Smucker. Like, for example, just Jason, like, he bails, like, every time. But I still use his name. <laughs> I just, <laughs> he bails, like, every time. It's but, like, oh, sorry. Oh, um, oh, yeah, so, like, I understand that, like, it helps. So, like, a lot of the times, like, I even message you. I'm just like, to be honest, I'm not sure, but you should just put me down as, yes, I'm going. And then you just be like, okay, sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is also, like, okay, for what it's worth, if someone just says, no, I'm not coming, I won't advertise your name. Right. It's usually, like, I'm on the fence. So, to me, that means if you're on the fence, there's something that could convince you or something that could maybe go right. And what usually that helps with is other top players going. So then if, if I tell... Instead of telling Apple, like, oh, I have 10 maybes, he's like, eh, they're all maybes. What if I go and no one goes? I just tell them they're all yeses, and then Apple says yes, then JFlex says yes, and all that. But yeah. um, I think for what it's worth, creating a, creating a culture of, like, top players trying to go, like, as often as they had have an availability is good. Because I, I tell people all the time, it's like, yeah, like, sometimes I lie about, like, you know, who's going to go or whatever. But at the same time, like, if we agreed to just, Go when you can, you know, like, obviously, I'm not going to judge anyone for school or for being sick or for being too tired. I just try to say, like, you know, go as often as you can. Try to make, like, the, the PR ranking. Um, if there's a special day, obviously, I'll let you know. But don't wait around for, like, the special event to go to. Like, each one is, is special in its own way. Like, you know, sometimes nightclub is, like, 40 people. But I, we can still make that really exciting because how I sell it um it's just like you know well okay this one's 40 people and it's a little smaller but like you know now we have more setups we can go home earlier you know maybe we could get dinner now um new person will win nightclub i think making each one exciting is cool but back to the top player thing i guess it's like um i think it's just like listening to like what, what they want and like 
I think communication, like that theme has come up so much, like just everyone communicating, like, okay, what does the O2 player want? What does like the 2-2 player want? TO, the top player, how do we like all connect each other? Can I say one more thing Nico does actually? Or Ryobi? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go up to him during the tournament and be like, yeah, dude, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm starving right now. Can you order some food? Like, I'll leave it in like Venmo or something like that. Or you can just take it out of like the when you pay me for the nightclub. It's like as long as you take care of the food. Like, that's all I care about. And sometimes he does. So, <laughs> dude. All right, I'll cook cook up cook up a storm. Yeah. Dude, yo, yeah. It's you have to wear a lot of hats. I know. I got. I got to be the chef. I got to be the right. <laughs> for for what it's worth, I think if you look at any. Any gathering of human beings, if you say free food, oh yeah, everybody will go. Like sometimes I'll people have like said to me before, it's like, yeah, I started going to nightclub because the first one that like Ryo B just bought some pizza. And I was just like That's classic. Boom. Yeah, like everyone likes free pizza. But obviously, you know, if you're you know, like you're a TO on the budget or whatever, that's why I think it's important that we've also highlighted like or particularly PP, like it's not always on the TO. Like everyone yeah. can go out of their way, you know? Yeah. Like, Someone wants if someone I don't know someone might work at a pizzeria and they might be getting off of work. It's like oh you know get some pizza something okay. like that. Like everyone brings like their own little thing that they can provide to the tournament. I think one obviously the the TO kind of has to delegate and bring that out of people like bring out the culture that you know gets people to set up early or bring extra setups or bring food or do social media and all that stuff. Um, but it's also on the the every person attending to just you know say hey. I really like this space. I like playing melee here. Like, how do we make it grow? This is like a skill I have, or this is a uh, thing that I could offer. Like, how can I turn that into the local? And then, you know, the TO can kind of take that and then just run with it. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think there were a couple other parts of the question. I don't think we can get to all of them now, but <laughs> one other thing that I think T-Moniac was asking about was setups. I don't know what you think the best way to get those uh, now is, but I think we'll answer that and we'll, we'll move on here. Um, yeah, so I, I guess the quick and easy thing for setups is, um, obviously if it's CRTs, like finding a venue that has like a closet you can put them in, or if you happen to have like a big basement, you know, putting them there. Um, but one very useful thing that, uh, exists nowadays is monitors are actually pretty good for melee. Um, I think people have like, have been coming out with more guides on how to do it. Nightclub does it really well. And the reason I bring this up is. Not because, you know, it's probably more expensive to buy monitors than it is to buy CRTs. But now that gaming lounges are, like, coming up and stuff like that, I think a good way to go about finding a venue is to go to a gaming lounge and see if that monitor fits the qualifications for Melee so that you can just kind of save money and only buy the Wii's. Um, yeah. That's kind of how Nightclub happens. Because we... I, the big reason that Nightclub died is because New York venues are so expensive and no expensive New York venue wants to just have a bunch of CRTs in the corner that they only use for one event you know mm-hmm. um but now we could have now we can have monitors so I, I think those two things are really helpful and definitely like building up like if you're the head to of a certain area or if you can come in contact with whoever the like lead to is like pulling together your resources like you know if one to has five crts and five we have three like instead of just being like okay that's your tournament and this is my tournament it's like okay this is like our 30 minute radiuses group of setups if that makes sense yeah yeah hey so i mean love that a lot of a lot of big knowledge dropped i know we didn't get to all of it team Oniac, but i do you know kind of like what we were saying before Ryobeat might be able to answer some questions other tos might be able to help you out as well um a little bit later but 
I hope that was able to help you out enough. And thank you for calling in. And you got any shout outs for us on your way Um, out today? Yeah. uh, Shout out to Purdue Melee, um, Pulse Blue, Gladiator Summit, Summit, and uh, Jersey Melee, like Bambi and Axis. They're sick TOs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Jersey TOs. Legends. Also, Aklo, your stream's sick. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) you always supporting the stream. I really appreciate it. Yeah, everyone's got to be in for the Bomberman song, dude. It's yeah. so that's all on there for the for the Aqua stream. I'm going so hard. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Have a good rest hey, of your day, Team Oniac. All right. Well, we got one more caller lined up here, so let's go ahead and bring him in. And I am not going to pretend to know how to pronounce this name. So, hello, could you please tell us your name and where you're calling in from? Bonsoir, messieurs. I am Kainfort. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you have difficulty to t- uh, speak my name, you could just call me whatever. It's literally the same thing, in, but in English. So, can you say one more time? You said Kimport? Kimport. Kimport? Kimport. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to just. Right? I'm going to wing it every time. Is that okay? I don't mind. All right. Kim Possible, thank you for calling in today um, from France. What's your question for us? Okay. Um, I have a PowerPoint about um, something that did happen 13 years ago. It was at Genesis 1. And uh, do I need to share with you a screenshot or I... Okay, we're, ha- no problem. we're having a production. We're having a production Ooh. meeting right now. We're getting that sent over. Yeah, uh, give me a moment. Oh snap! Okay, well, about... while you're doing that, what is what is this PowerPoint about? Okay, it was about uh, Genesis One as the first turn- national tournament that has stage striking, and this is very interesting because there was a rule set in singles that was different at the pools and different in the brackets. So for the starter stage, there was Battlefield, Final Destination, Fountain of Dreams, Dreamland, Pokemon Stadium. And at the pools, I think that Congo Jungle was not there, but it was the bracket. Okay. And something weird about that, there was also the striking, which is player one, player two. You look that three times. Mm-hmm. And in the pools, there was two ban, and then there was a random select. Ah, good old random select. <laughs> and the real the real thing is as for 2022 we have also a sleepy rank that is coming up not really yet but it will come oh shortly. yeah there is the nintendo circuit that we just heard of it but there is no real we don't have any follow-up with that right so, and we have the uh slide on screen now okay. so you can go so ahead and if we go to the next it. next page and um, we're going to do our best, uh, audio listeners, to try and let you know what's going on. But we, you've already gone through some of this, so you can yes. 
You can so go. You can go th through. This here. was the safe selection available for Genesis One. We had we had Brinstar and Congo Jungle, and we had Mute City. We had all kinds of stages there. It was a good old yes. time. Something. Oh, yeah. After game one, there was that thing, which is strange. Yeah, the winner so, can ban one stage. The loser chooses from among the remaining. That's not so different from now. So here's the question on the next slide. How would we improve the improve standard the format? format? Yes. So Genesis 1 was also a case for an infamous set with Pink Shinobi. Ah, uh, yes. Warcraft. Oh, yeah. So Peach versus Ganondorf. On Congo and Jungle. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if we go to the next slide, about Congo Jungle 64, there is some... I, I tried to list some things that might be obnoxious for a certain person. I talked with it with some of my uh, group in the local scenes. Mm -hmm. So Dark Palette, the barrel, which is kind of pointless. Base platform, it's similar to the, the other platform, so you you could scoop people under the base platform. For example, Jigglypuff could do their up air and still stay for a long time under the, the base platform. The height of the upper platform leads for sort of obnoxious gameplay. And the things I, the most interesting about it is the reason why it was banned, because uh, circle camping ac across the top platform, I think this is kind of weird and i this is a question mostly for everyone uh, who played melee in competitive format because i think this is a weird reason for a banning okay if we if we go for the next steps uh, next slide excuse me we have an obnoxious stage that is legal at the moment called dreamland 64 ah. so just um, some extra information. We so, yeah, game. I mean, I can summarize a little bit of this here. Yeah. There are some other stage hazards, um, some things that seem a little bit out of control, kind of like the barrel. The blast yeah. zones are far. The platforms are high. Um, the side platforms are slightly different sizes. And um, yeah, you can you can have you can have uh, circle camping here too, which I think is something that's not always talked about. It is at the pretty much almost the same height as the one of Congo Jungle 64. Right. Um, so Ganondorf could do no impact land with the double jump to reach the top platform in both stages. Okay. So you're saying is, that the top platform on Dreamland is as high as the upper platforms on Congo Jungle? There is a... You could... It is comparable. Hmm. Of course, okay. there is some slide with the Congo Jungle 64. Right, there's so, a, it's slanted, right. Yeah. Also, Wispy Blink could uh, do some jank things uh, if Roy or Mart is there. Okay. It could invalidate right. the sorted box. Right. Got it. Um, so, so is is are there more slides, or is is the argument do there, we do we ban Dreamland because of Congo Jungle? It's not over yet. Okay. So Dreamland, the, because it has some of the largest blast dome. Uh, if we go for the uh, previous uh, slide, please. Okay, we're there. Okay, so the blast zone are so high. So for for a character like Jigglypuff, if you don't manage to kill her, for example, Fox Up Smash doesn't kill Jigglypuff. 
there is a possibility that Jigglypuff could stall for almost six minutes without interacting with your opponent. Right. And this is really strange that we cannot... Well, we don't... We say that stalling is banned, but the way that most tournament uh, rules about stalling is quite not clear. It is up to individual TO enforcement. So again, it is good Ryo beats here. Yeah, so th th to me, this is, or sort of the issues that, to me, how to try to improve the format is to make the rule set clear so that everyone, including the newcomers, might be able to understand clearly what we, what is fair and what, why do we choose these stages? What do, you, do, do we think it is healthy for the metagame? And what do we think is healthy for the viewership? Because that, that matters a lot for many people, for content creators who try to do uh, some exciting, exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. OK, uh, and some examples you have here on this slide for those audio listeners. There's a one stage only format, a one yes. starter, four counter picks, adding a ban in best of five, having a different specific stage for each game of a set which has yeah. been done in a Red Bull event, or um, having like a character's crew battle, which I assume is something like an Iron Man you would play against someone? Uh, more like uh, the Hearthstone, the card game. Uh, it's like you pick, for example, three characters, mm -hmm. and you need to win one game with all the three characters. Okay. But Got you it. could do the Iron Man, but uh, I think I, I was thinking more... Uh, of the melee traditional format mm -hmm. because screw right. bells in Iron Man are more common. Right. So, so you're so you're saying it's um, the logic for um, our stages may not be entirely consistent. Our stalling logic is not entirely consistent. What can we do, such as alternate formats, to um, improve the uh, uh, clarity of our rules and improve the competitor and spectator experience? Is that pretty much right? Yeah, how could we make our format healthier for everyone? Okay, so I think a good place to start here would be with um, the enforcement and the current uh, rules around stalling. So I think Ryobi would be a good person to start with answering that. What do you think? I actually, I kind of want to pass this off to Aqua because you made a tweet recently about 1.03, right? Right. And I feel like you kind of address some concerns about rule set formats, stuff like that. Yeah. So in re with regards to stalling, um, I know a lot of people like, I think the majority of people are opposed to an airtime limit. And what I will say, though, is that I feel like most competitors are actually pro airtime limit. And people who tend to like yeah like compete more and get a little further in bracket do tend to be a little more pro airtime limit and um for as for stalling specifically like we talked about how it's very vague on what's considered stalling but um i do think that there definitely could be some rules put in like especially with like um like peach bomber stalling or puff pound stalling like we could put uh, like a limit on that like yeah. for example like for jigglypuff like she can do unlimited pounds in there. Everyone knows that. 
but what if um what if we put a limit so that like she's not allowed to do more than three pounds in a row because that wouldn't really hinder her recovery either because the only time puff needs to use all her pounds is um it's when she's recovering vertically she does pound rising pound jump rising pound jump rising pound jump and as broken as it is fine like she can keep that but um even like say puff has no jumps left she can literally drift back to the stage without any jumps or pounds and make it back on stage in most scenarios so i don't think that pounding more than two or three times in a row is should really be a lot and um as for like peach bomber stalling like there are times when you can use it to recover and you can rise with it but i guess like you could also put a number limit on that too yeah i mean or you could make some kind of clause like you have to make sure you keep going up exactly yeah but, but i guess it penalizes you for messing up so that's yeah, kind of weird there's not a good answer for that you too so i don't know so I, yeah. I, I had one different angle on this and not so much on like, what do I think is fair and correct versus like, how do set implementations happen? And I think how they can improve is that I'll be completely honest. I don't know anything about rule sets. Like when people are like, oh, did you read, you know, the hacks 1.03 thing, right? It's like a bunch of pages long and there's a lot of details about it. And I'm already doing all the things I said right, that I was doing as right. a TO. Where, like, to be honest, I, I don't think I can make an informed decision on rule sets, but also as a TO, at least for me, you know, I, I work as well. Like, I don't have the time to do that um, and, like, do all the research between, like, what are the different controller things? What are the different right. speech things and stuff like what that? What about so, enforcement of stalling, like, at an event? If someone says someone was stalling and someone says they weren't, I mean, what have you had that sort of scenario come up to you before? Um, Luckily not. I, okay. You know, our event's at a bar, so... <laughs> And people get, you know, they're already like, you know, I, I just want to lose already. But um, <laughs> where I was gonna, where I was gonna go with it is, I really do think uh, in melee, there's like, we have a lot of community leaders, quote unquote, um, that just kind of encapsulate everything that people want to be done. You know, like when you're a, a community leader, I guess like an, either a TO or a figurehead or someone really popular on social media, like you're expected to do panelists and stage discussion and controller discussion and building locals and regionals and national there's so many things that you could be doing yeah um and i think it it often falls too much on like one group of per people or just like oh you know ryobi's trustworthy or something like he probably can decide it but i wish we had um to go with the question of like you know making stage striking healthier um and stuff like that and thinking about rule sets like we should come up with a team of people mm. who specifically work with the game and specifically are analyzing these situations who can say you know this is objectively you know not okay and there's like some type of vote on it like i know we've right. had like the like the 25 on me. yeah but the problem with that is it was like 25 people from all around the world making every decision when i think it should be more specialized you know like there are some people like for example dr piggy is someone who's incredible about ban lists but she probably doesn't know as much about you know controllers or something like right, that or, right. but then you have rien who knows about controllers but maybe she doesn't know about i don't know some other thing that we need to do right. um so i think something that we can do to make stage striking healthier is it, i guess it's kind of a bigger picture a little bit of avoiding the answer but like i do think um a lot of people who talk about it are not as qualified to do it my, myself included and you know sometimes top players can be a little reactionary in terms of like they just 
went through a set and they don't know how to verbalize what really happened. But if they like, if we had like a group of five to 10 people that can say, okay, this is the problem that people want to address, like puff stalling, like let's together group of people that, you know, come up with like maybe 20 execs, group of top players, like that type of mix and come up with a creative solution to stop it. I think that would help us get a better rule set. Cause I know, for example, like um, Pokemon stadium was something that I don't know if, if this is wrong, but I felt this way that most people wanted it frozen or didn't like the transformations and its randomness. But because we didn't have that like body to decide like who does it, it just stayed like that for like a really long time until I think um, I don't know who started. It. I'm biased because I'm from Tri-State, but uh, I think Slipsy was a big part of that too. Yeah, yeah it's true. But even NYC was doing it like. I think over a full year before even Slippy came out. Yeah, North Carolina froze it a little bit before then too, so. Yeah, it was like a little bit of like, you know, local TOs experimenting, but then ultimately it's like, you know, Fizzy just kind of did it. But I think that sentiment of like the transformations are random existed as early as, you know, 2015. Oh, yeah, people like were complaining about it before. I think there was a lot of back and forth. Some people were like, you you got to be able to play around it or whatever. And some people were like, no, I, this isn't something I want to play around. And so there was that discourse. And it got decided because Fizzy had a hard time um, just programming programming that in. And it would cause desyncs. And that's why he did it the way he did. He not to make a yes. make a gameplay adjustment. So, so I don't think, yes, yeah, so I don't think we should keep having him uh, do things that way. Um, but yeah, it is, it, it, this, we do get questions like this kind of often where the most important thing is some type of rule set committee. There is, there are people that are working in the controller, uh, committee and, um, you know, there, it, it's a very complicated thing. And so I'm sure something will happen with that eventually, but it would, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to have something more generalized or to assemble a group of people for something, but not for something else. But you know, that, that comes with its own complications, perhaps, because then you have to go and track down a bunch of other people. And then I don't know how well all that works out, but maybe maybe that's the best. But um, in the past, we did have the melee back room and we had oh, TOs, TOs and players and figureheads or just people that have been around a while or people that understood the game like in a conceptual way and debated about things well, like why we banned things. Um, and in those cases, a lot of a lot of discussion around banning was, is there something that over centralizes the game versus uh, is there is there something we and this became more common right at the end of the melee back room when we got rid of uh, Brinstar and Mute City at the end? Is there something or we, do we just not want to play on that? Uh, do not want to play the stage, but we want to play the player because that sentiment was rising even back then. Um, which, you know, continues on into, into stadium today and and other topics like that, even with Wispy's Wind. So um, for spectators, yeah, I mean, the one of the toughest thing for spectators is to watch stalling. Um, at the same time, uh, I'm okay with defensive play. I'm okay with people playing defense for a while. I don't think those people should necessarily be punished. So it's it 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 can be tough. What's what's playable? What's not? Um, and I think part of the solution, like we kind of talked about in the beginning, is defining a little more of what stalling is, or maybe it's to ask TOs to say, okay, well, maybe take a little bit more of an aggressive role of see something, say something, right? If you see, if you see a puff doing a bunch of pounds under the stage, you know, give them a game loss or, or something. I don't know. Let them know that this is real. Set a precedent maybe, right? And I'm not saying this is, again, TOs have plenty to deal with. I'm not saying they need to take the brunt of the Twitter rage over, you know, Hbox doing three pounds under the stage at the end of the set versus Polish or whatever. But it's something, it, it's, it would be one part of it, a part of a larger discussion. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I think I think experimenting is good too, and and yeah. it's tough for tos to experiment because they need people to keep coming. And if you're doing, you know, wacky, weird one stage FD only rule set, how many how many foxes do you think you're going? Uh, yeah. Maybe not as many. I think that's a really good point too. Like, I think for a while, like, um, that I, I think experimenting is good because I think like Frozen Stadium and stuff like Monitors and Tri State. Like, I think there were some people on ranking committees that were like, oh, you know, maybe we shouldn't count this for rankings anymore because, you know, you're playing such a different game. You know, there's no transformations or whatever, or, you know, frozen shy guys or um, lowered timer or stuff along those lines that there's a lot of reasons that, you know, if it doesn't count for rankings and it makes the the norm different that people don't think it's melee and then they don't want to come, that affects TOs too. So I think in some ways just being like for, I, I guess that's a recommendation for like, all TOs and all community leaders to be a little bit more open to just try new things. I think honestly, if you're really passionate about it, like I think running a net play tournament is the best way to try out rule sets. Yeah, these days. To say too. yeah. Cause you can well, just do it. And it's like, anybody could run a net play bracket. Not that it isn't hard, but you know what I mean? Like make yeah. smash G you invite the people, here's the thing. And then you just study that those games. Like, how do they go? Like, is that how we, wanted it and it empowers everybody because you know we have slippy now as opposed to uh as opposed to just a few tos running things we also have uh slippy stats so you can actually look at like um the amount of like projectiles i, I don't know if projectiles thrown is on there but like you can look at airtime ledge grabs and stuff like that and um like the thing about like potentially potentially experimenting with netplay tournaments is like there's not much on the line and like it just makes it an experience for players to come and be like, did I like that or did I not like that? Is it something we should do in the future or something we shouldn't do? And, um, like, I think even IBDW actually ran a tournament a few months ago where he did a band in best of five just for experimental. And, like, yeah, yeah. so like, people could definitely do stuff like that. Yeah, it reminds me of um, when the Sammy Singles came out, um, which, you know, tried to address a lot of issues. I think it was Yoshi's Story and Best of Nine, One Stock or something like that. And it was and it was a very different format, but Summit ran it. So we didn't have anyone that really played it a lot, but Summit ran it. And I got to kind of watch that. And I and I because I wasn't sure I was like, I probably I don't know how I really feel about it. But watching it, you know, I was like, oh, you know, maybe this isn't what I would want to do. But I wouldn't have known that unless I'd watched it. But it, it was interesting and I got takeaways from it. So um, I can't tell you what I think the idea, what the best solution is. I can t- I mean, obviously everyone's going to have their own take about what, what could be improved and how we can go about it. Um, the three pound thing sounds pretty good to me. Uh, trying that out, it seems pretty simple and I don't think causes any problems, but maybe puff players are like, oh, you're going to take away my fourth pound. I really needed that one. That's my special pound. I don't know. Right. So, you know, it just, it's one of those things where we just have to kind of see what happens. And, yeah. um, I, I wish we had an answer for you and it's a big question and a rule set committee would be good. And while people would be like, oh, these people are running melee from behind the scenes or whatever, I think it's, you know, better than not getting run at all. So it's, it's a tough situation, but, um, I hope. I hope this, this, you know, this having this discussion pushes things along a little bit anyway for you. I hope so. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, good discussion all around. And uh, thank you for calling in. Appreciate the slides. And you got any shout outs for us on your way out today? Uh, also, b- before on the, the shout outs, mm-hmm. uh, about Pokemon stadiums, uh, with the Nintendo circuits, uh, they tend to, um, I mean, Freezing Stadium will not be uh, 
uh, a choice when uh, the Nintendo oh, yeah. Circus will come up because it, right. it dislikes soft modding. Right. So in our local scenes, uh, we play on Frozen Stadium. And then mm -hmm. if we want to get at the higher level, in, I mean, for uh, how about uh, if we're going to shine 2022, then we, we get to play on uh, normal stadium. And this is very important for uh, many uh, regions right. to get used to what we believe it's the, the format that uh, we are going to play as. Because right. if we play on too many formats, uh, we might have some issues trying to adapt to what we expect to come. Right. And this is something to consider. Maybe right. there is a way... I know that, for example, Age of Empire 2 does have different tournament formats, and sometimes they, I think they did just work pretty well, but in Melee, I think we are more stabilized, more conservative of our, our rule set. And this yeah. is things that we need to discuss as a community. Right. And I, we just need to have people that can decide it and people that put it into practice. But if you're a player in the meantime, your job as a player is going to be looking up that rule set and seeing it as soon as it comes out. And hopefully TOs can get that out pretty early and then just preparing for that. So if you see um, Unfrozen Stadium, then, you know, regardless of your feelings on it, it's like, well, I've got to practice on this thing, learn how to play on all these, whether you like it or not. So as a community figure, yeah, we've got to do things about it. As a player, all you can do is prepare. And that's, you know, it'll be the truth for whatever format. There was also um, something that happened a few months ago in uh, Quebec. And I mean Montreal, but um, there was a tournament in which there were setups with UCF and some setups with the Axe Money um, 1.03, I guess. And there was some inconsistency between the the way that the the controls feel felt, right? According to the player that report that to me, so that was interesting i i guess you just got to have standardized setups but yeah i yeah. mean again this is something that we can everyone can kind of um have out together and that's why it's so important for um you know people to check their setups or to make sure that they're going in accordance with the to's rules and everything like that uh but yeah i mean again thank you for calling in a lot of good topics discussed today and uh any shout outs for us on your way out today i would like to shout out to the people of the quebec city uh, RTO Big Fish, Chan Jorshaw. I would like to shout out to Flyscatter, the one who helped me start the conversation about the um, how we get uh, into a LTR metagame or mm -hmm. LTR format. I would like to shout out to Rhea to also helping me with that. And I think um, that will be it. All right, so, great. Bonsoir, monsieur. Bonsoir. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you you too. Later, man. All right. Um, that's going to be the last of our callers. Uh, we've gone kind of long. Won't ask you guys any more questions from me, but you guys have a question you have to ask the community. That's right. It is time for the community voice, Aklo and Ryobeat. You've had plenty of time to think about it, talked about it a little bit before uh, and throughout. So now what's it going to be? If I need to stall, let me know. If you guys want to discuss it, that is also fine, but it is a question that you guys must ask the YouTube comments. They'll respond, and then we'll talk about that next week. No, this has to be mailer related, right? <laughs> at least, at least a little bit. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Dawood, what do you it's, have? It's Radio Melee. You can't just be... You can't just be talking about what's your favorite pasta or something, man. You gotta at least make it a little bit, a little bit melee related. Yeah, you can do that, but like it is like you know, Alfredo. Cause... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you could even you could be which pasta do you think would be best at melee? I really, I'm not here to be picky. I'm not here to tell All you how to live your life. We're in a crew battle. Which one? Would... <laughs> <laughs> the British pasta and the American pasta, and so. I, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do, guys. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to facilitate your question. I believe in the power of the strong New York gamers to come up with something that only you could think up that the people need to hear. What do you, what do you think, Tao? Do you want to go? Or should I? Well, what was that one that you were saying earlier? So we were, we were going to say something along the lines of like, like what prevents you from going to your first local or something like that. It might but be that good to do that at. again. It might be good to do it again. That was a while ago. So if you want to run that mm-hmm. again, maybe we got new people. Maybe they got things to say. What do you What do you think? Should I do it? So we could touch upon that. Um, that that's pretty serious. We could also touch upon something maybe less serious. But what are you thinking? Uh, I was thinking of like uh, what politicians mean, what characters. <laughs> I mean, if we go, I don't, I don't know if we're ready for that, but no, maybe the political climate's gonna be. Yeah, someone's just gonna. Yeah, someone's gonna somehow turn it into like actual politics. <laughs> yeah, like the YouTube comments and politics. I think, I think maybe we don't go there. Maybe, maybe next time we have you back, Aklo, uh, we we run that because we just we just want to taunt everyone. <laughs> Very Aklo taunt question. What, um, if said, what if we said like um which player like top player would like survive the longest on like on like a deserted island or something like that sure oh, yeah that's fine let's do it okay yeah so so do you guys have an answer so again this is a deserted island they don't have anything they brought with them um what are the what are the facts about the island maybe people want a little more information is it a big island a small island can you can you is there is there everything that you need to boil water and and you can catch food or you know what's the what are the let's give us a little bit about the island and then you can tell us who you think would be the longest to survive okay and also i want to say you're not allowed to say ken i know everyone's gonna say ken <laughs> yeah don't say ken yeah 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 good call um what do you think nico is this like a tropical island or do you think it's like like i like to think of the idea that like if you were smart you could live on it like you it's okay. There's not like a plate of food just like made yeah, for you. Yeah. Oh yeah, so I just take this. No, you have to like you know utilize some of the like land around you, and like you could live off of it if you like put a bunch of connections together. Uh huh. I think that would be good. Okay. Okay. So it's livable. It's it's habitable for a while. Great. So so we'll start with you, Ryabeat. Who do you think? Who do you think would survive best? Which top player would survive longest on a on a deserted island? Just them. Them and nature. Just them. Oof. Okay. I literally pulled up the MPGR because I was so worried that I wouldn't have something, and I still kind of don't. Well, why don't you but, read, the, read some of the players at the top, and then we'll, we'll help us think about it. Okay. I For what it's worth, I'll, I'll read that, but first I think I, I do have my pick. Okay. I'm going to go with SFAT because Ooh, I think he's incredibly buff. Like He goes to gym all the time. He's vegan, so he's not gonna be like picky. He's not gonna be like, wow, really? There's no <laughs> no chicken nuggies. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, like the average smasher is just like, yeah. I can't microwave it. I'm literally gonna fucking die. Yeah. Like, SFAT's gonna be like, you know, the raw food diet is actually really good for there you know, you your, go. your bowel movements, that type of yes, thing. Yes, yes. Um, and I think he's also like, 
if someone was really depressed, like, you know, man, I can't have chicken nuggets on this island. I feel like he's a very, like, motivational person because yeah. of the team. So he's like, come on, man, you totally could get, like, those berries over there. Like, you just have to believe in yourself. And they're like, well, yeah, I think I can. You know, just team player, vegan, doesn't need chicken nuggets in their life. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Agatha, what, are you, what are you thinking? Oh, I... I actually really honestly was going to say SFAP, but now I'm going to, I got to say someone else now. So yeah. players' names and then. Uh, yeah, I want to hear I'll... some names too. All right. So if you take the MPGR of 2019, if your options are Hungrybox, Leffen, Mango, Axe, Wizrobe, Zane, Omsa, Plup, IBDW, and Mewtwo King, who are you picking? Oh, that's all we got? Oh, I can keep going because, all right, the next 10 are SJ Fiction, SFAT, Oki, Nun, Triff. Face roll, Swedish delight, lucky. Let me know if you want another. 10. I think I know who I, I think I know who I'm gonna pick. It's not All on right. that list, but I think I know who I'm gonna pick. You, you have someone yeah. Ackler, or you want me to go? Yeah, I can. If, um, yeah, why don't you go first? Why don't you? Go first? Okay. I don't really know if this if this is a real answer or not. If I'm being honest, but I want to believe in Sora. That guy, <laughs> that guy is so much fun, and I feel like he's just lived a lot. He's just traveled around and had a lot of experiences. I feel like he's just going to make it. Like he'll something in all of his socializing has taught him what a coconut does or whatever. And he's going to figure out, he's going to know how to use it. And his, his charisma is going to carry him through. Like kind of like the SFAT thing where he's going to find a way to, to still enjoy it. And maybe I'm, pe- maybe I'm just nailing it wrong and maybe he would freak out. But I feel like, at least in terms of how I've seen him, he's just a lot of fun. He'd keep himself entertained. He'd he'd make friends with all the wildlife, and they would come to his powwow. <laughs> I think it'd be cool. I think Sora would would connect with nature. That's my pick. I don't know if it makes sense, but that's what I'm going with. I mean, so, he. I think he's very. He definitely feels like a closer to animals than humans. Sometimes I've seen him do a lot of barks, <laughs> a lot of cries, a lot of squeaks. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, I feel like he could communicate with random animals somehow to get yeah. them to do what he wants. For sure, for sure. So, uh, I was actually going to say that um, my pick would either be Wizrobe or this is kind of a weird one, but Leffen. But uh, I was going to say Wizrobe because I feel like Wizrobe would study the island. Like, he'd memorize the patterns of the climate and the weather. Yeah. And then he, he'd figure out, like, what animals like do like are come out at what season and stuff like that. Yeah. He figured out the best way to live. And then he'd probably like study, like where the animals migrate to and stuff like that. And he'd like, he'd eventually he, he'd figure out how to build a boat, follow the animals to another land and become not deserted. Like, dude, not I deserted. also, sorry to interrupt, but I just thought of like, like, all right, Wizrobe, like, you know, we're on this island and it looks like there's nothing to eat except the groundhog that, like, pops up sporadically. Like, <laughs> I have the reaction time. It's just like he's staring at a hole forever. And the second it comes up, he's like, all right, I got it. Yeah, no, he... <laughs> How'd you do that? Like, Leffin's been trying for hours. It's like, just, <laughs> I just, like, listened to certain music in my head and then... I... He made sure he blinked right before it came out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, like, closes his eyes. Like, yeah, yeah. as it goes down, he's like, I just know. That is crazy that he does that. I can't yeah. believe he does that. He down throws and closes his eyes if the chat didn't know. He's a powerful man. That's crazy. Wait, but why Leffen? We forgot about oh, Leffen. So I was going to say that, like, um, Leffen would be safe from, like, the predatorial animals because, like, when they would try to eat them, when he, they would try to eat him, 
he would like uh, argue with them and <laughs> be like, "Like you're really you're so dumb. You're so dumb for doing this." Exactly, and then like they'd eventually just start listening to him. <laughs> I just feel like really like low self esteem. It's like really, I can't believe like you would try to eat me. Like not, you didn't even have like a good form doing it, and it's like you know you consider yourself a professional animal at eating people. Yet it's just like, man, I. I, I I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't work as hard. Sorry isn't <laughs> good enough. Um, yeah, I I good answers. I think this is a great question to explore. I think you guys will have fun mm. with this. Um, and thank you guys for a great question. But that's it. That's all I got for you guys. Thank you so much, Aklo, for coming on, sharing your high level experience, and Ryobi for your own high level toing experience. Thank you so much to both of you. Um, everyone, please tune into Function Two this weekend featuring Aklo and a bunch of other great New York and uh, around-the-world talent. But for now, for this Radio Melee, that's all for us. This is PPMD, Radio Melee, signing out.